That's My Guys in the Desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. You're home with a better network. The second level. This is Bill Belichick on fans. Well, you'll hear the question. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there? Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life? Practice. He just, he doesn't even flinch. I'm telling you, this is an Abbott and Costello. They've worked on this thing. You don't just walk in with that level of timing. The second level with Aton Shander. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. On AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Live from the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, it's The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Prop Swap. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. That's how winning is done. Now get out there and do it. Pulls up, three-pointer. Let's go live in the Prop Swap Studios. This is The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. It's a Thursday. What up? Welcome back. Another edition. Thanks for hanging with me. we got a busy show for you, like I always say. A busy show taking you 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time. Got my man Dylan hanging out with me in studio tonight. Dylan, what up? Um, I'm not turning your mic on yet. You haven't earned it. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Dylan's the man. If you've been listening throughout the week, he's um, been helping me with some content on social media, and we've been having some good baseball and NFL talks, and we're going to have more of those talks here later on in the show as he's going to be live in the Prop Swap Studios hanging out with me and you, 609-601-3290, 90. The phone lines are open if you want to call in, talk Eagles, NFL Week 6, college football, baseball postseason, whatever's on your mind, whatever your heart desires, we will talk about it here. If you just want to, you know, if you had a rough day at work and you want to talk out some things, it's okay. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do whatever you need to do here on The Fix. And uh, we're going to dive really deep into NFL Week 6. I did a bad job covering NFL Week 6 this week. Maybe I just did a better job covering everything else. I don't know. Um, Dylan, what do you think? Your mic's on. How did we do this week? Ryan always does a great job. Oh, so. my gosh. I don't so. need a, a kiss, a, you know, a kiss you know what, okay? Um, now, we talked a lot of baseball. We're talking more baseball because... Later in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's the championship round. If you're not going to talk about it now, you should probably not be in the industry, right? you got to talk about it at some point. Now's the time. And um, it's been some good games tonight, of course. And we're still going to be live with uh, – what's the what's the update? Do you have a score in front of you here? One second. Okay. It um, is 3-1 to one Atlanta in the bottom of the sixth. 3-1 to one Atlanta in the bottom of the sixth. And I like the Dodgers tonight. And I, guess what? Kershaw on the hill, right? Is he still on the mound? We don't have a TV tonight in studio. We usually do. No, he's so. not. He's already taken out of the game. Brave Stars attack Kershaw. That's a headline on one uh, article I'm seeing. So not a good start for Clayton. Well, he was five innings, seven hits, three earned, one walk, and four Ks. All right, it's not bad. 
right, for a guy that had back, uh, back spasms just a couple nights ago. But um, he's a guy, fair or foul, as I like to say, he has not been able to translate his dominance from the regular seasons into the postseason. Uh, some injuries are a factor, but tonight, okay, an average stat line, but he didn't go out there and win them the game by any stretch as they're down 3-1 right now in the bottom of the six. There's ducks on the corners, first and third, one out. So we're going to keep you updated with that one. And the Houston Astros, man, how about that game? A walk-off home run deep to center field, and now that series is 3-2. Dylan, is that a, is that a series now? Are we going to have seven games? I think so, and um, I made a prediction during the Yankees series with the Rays that if it got the five with Garrett Cole on the mound, that would be the Yankees series to win. That was wrong. So we're going to see if I can go 0-2 and say that if it goes to seven, the Houston Astros will advance to the World Series. Okay, interesting. I still feel like it's the Rays series. I mean, they're up 3-0. And now all of a sudden it's three two. Not a surprise, right? Like you, you've, it, we talked about it when the Rays were up three zero. It's like this Houston Astros team. For the majority of the public, we all hate their faces. It's just something about their face. They do a great job. They always find themselves deep into the postseason. But the scandal from last year—that's the story with with that franchise, and rightfully so. But they're they're a good team. I mean, they're, they're they're a good team, and they know how to win in the postseason. And three, two, fine, but the Rays can still win this in six or even seven. It's going to be really tough for the Houston Astros to win four straight. This is a good Rays team, right? Yeah. Um. So what 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 I was saying by that is, if it gets to seven, I think it's the Astros series. The question is, can they get it to seven? Which Ryan will will get into later in the show. Yeah. I mean, I don't even I, – I disagree with that because I just think it's going to be really tough for the Astros to win four straight. But you get – in any sport, you get to that seventh game and, you know, all bets are off. Anything can happen. It is now 5-1 to one Atlanta. RBI, two RBI double. I don't know who it was, but they now have a man on second with one out. Five wow. To one. Wow. 5-1. to one. Okay. So that escalated quickly there, and we'll see if the Dodgers are able to uh, – Able to come back. Uh, 609-601-3290. 609-601-3290. Rich Q, stop texting me, man. You're distracting me. Rich Quinones from Back Your Play every Tuesday and Wednesday right here, 4 to 6 p.m. Um, he has me distracted, and he just sent me something funny. If you're listening, Q, haha. Um, so busy show for you, man. We're going to get into a lot of NFL Week 6. We're going to do Better Bet. We're going to do Parlay Poppers, another new segment here. Joke for Broke. So Joke for Broke, we started uh, a couple weeks ago, and last week was the second week I did it with Dylan for the first time, and now we're really expanding on our content for you. So Joke for Broke is essentially big-time underdogs in the NFL that we feel like either has a chance to get that upset or we're saying that's a joke, don't do it. The parlay poppers, we're just attacking that from a different angle. So... Where are the big favorites that you might want to throw in a parlay? And I'm going to tell you, either go for it or don't do it. Mainly don't do it. I'm going to tell you which teams to not bet on that are favorites. Chance for the upset, and then which teams can upset. We're also going to throw in better bet, so Dylan will give me some either-or options for NFL Week 6. I'm also going to go through every single NFL Week 6 game with the spread 
the total, the odds, where the money's going from the public, who we like, who we don't like. Uh, so a lot to get into tonight. No Thursday night football in the NFL. Don't love that. Feels a little weird. I'm just so accustomed to having a second half right now as I go live for Thursday night football, but unfortunately, not so fast, my friend. We have a college football game, and that was, what was it, Dylan, 28-28 at halftime? Yeah, hope you all took the over. <laughs> yeah, hope you took the over. All right. Overs are the are the fun bet, and they've been cashing, mainly in the NFL, but when in doubt, bet the over. 609-601-32-90. What's the update on Nick Saban, huh? Uh, Nick Saban, that's the big story, as that's the game of the year, not only in college football, but that could be one of the most entertaining, anticipated matchups in the entire fall and winter season. You have two heavyweights, the definition of two heavyweights in college football, going head-to-head, and the big news yesterday was head coach Nick Saban coming down with COVID-19. He did run an entire practice from a Zoom conference call, so he seems fine. That guy's a stud. It's going to take a horse tranquilizer to keep that man from coaching on the sideline. Um, not that I'm saying COVID-19 is anything to take lightly, but, um, you know, he's he'll be on the sideline. That's a money-making game for college football. Too much at stake. Too much of a big-time matchup. So we'll get into that game a little bit tonight as well, and then we'll get even more into it on tomorrow night's show. 10.30, John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, joins me for his nightly appearance right here on The Fix for your football fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios. Eagles, still seven and a half doggy dogs. At least that's what I'm seeing. How do we feel today? I'm going to ask the question every day until Sunday. I do expect a, a fun game, all right? Even if you're not an Eagles fan, even if you're not a Ravens fan, I have my five must-watch NFL games I jotted down. Let's see if the Eagles-Ravens are one of them. Stay tuned. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells Sports bets. The second level. Let's go! German lower league side SG Ripdorf Molzen 2 suffered a 37 to nothing defeat on Sunday after only fielding seven players in a bid to maintain social distancing against their opponents as they feared contracting the coronavirus. So, I, I don't know here. I mean, what about the seven guys who were thrown out there, right? Is that just by lotto? How do you determine that? They threw seven guys out there on the pitch, and they got pounded into the ground 37 to nothing. The Clippers didn't even lose that bad. Why wouldn't you just not play the match? Wouldn't that be the best thing to do? If you're going to take the L, you know you're not going to win. 
with only seven guys out there anyway. So what what statement are you making here? The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. On AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. DelVal Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Mulebrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to Geico or going direct to Progressive we do not charge a fee. Let DelVal Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Mulebrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. Sports are back, baby. And it's time to get those jerseys, those youth jerseys, those youth trophies, logos, everything you need to get that sports league up and running. So who do you call? There's only one place to call. It's Keystone Recognition. Over 40 years of servicing Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester, and South Jersey counties. Promotional items, logo clothing, retirement plaques. They do it all, and they do it safely. Think of Keystone Recognition for your PPE needs. That's masks, hand sanitizers, and more. Keystone Recognition provides non-contact pickup and delivery. So give Jeremy and Johnny a call. 215-464-9900 or check them out online at Keystone Recognition. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. PropSwap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Live in the PropSwap studios. This is The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, hanging out with you till 1 a.m. Dylan Davis is joining me live in studio tonight. It's nice to have someone here with me. I'm all alone in this creepy building at night. Nothing against the building. Any building is creepy when you're in it alone at night. Um, So Dylan's hanging out with me throughout the show. And give the people some of those updates you just gave me, Dylan. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, The Atlanta Braves are now up 6-1 to one with runners on first and second and still only one out in the bottom of the sixth. And for that Georgia State and Arkansas uh, State game, Arkansas State is up 42-35 with 6-20 left in the third quarter. So once again, really hope you took the over. <laughs> yeah, that. what was that over set? I want you to find that for me, Dylan, if, uh, before the game started. Um, 73. So 73 the total was set <laughs> yeah. at? That's not the live, right? Are you looking at the live? Come no, on, man. closing odds. Okay. Closing odds, 73. Wow. Um, crazy. So they knew it was high scoring. Did the over hit yet? What's the score? Well, now the the updated is 102 and a half. 102 and a half. What's the score right now? 35-28? Uh, no, 42-35. Oh, 42. I'm not great at math, but what is that, 77? That's 77, yeah. And you're not bad at math. So the over did already hit. There we go. Crazy. Um that's been the story, and especially that's what the Sun Belt. So they can put up points. They're known for that in the old Sun Belt Conference. Um, Braves, Dodgers. 
Run line right now live on DraftKings is five. Braves minus five. Total is set live at nine and a half. I think I would, I might take the Dodgers live plus five. It's only minus 125 value too. Still got some at-bats left. They can take the bottom of the sixth. It's not a bad bet there, Dylan. You against that bet? I ain't touching that bet. <laughs> no? Even with plus <laughs> no, five? Sir. Still not touching it? No, because I think what what we're seeing tonight is the complete opposite of what we were seeing last game with the Dodgers' bats. We talked all about Bryce Wilson and how the Dodgers would rake against him. Dude went six innings, one hit, one earned. Yeah. So I don't know if those bats are awake tonight. Yeah, they're sleeping. Someone has to wake those bats up um, in that Dodgers-Braves series. So the Braves look like, listen, bottom of the six, still three innings of baseball left to play, and the Dodgers put 11 up in one inning yesterday. So never say never. But it looks like, for now, the Braves could be taking a 3-1 series lead. And um, I was rooting for the Dodgers tonight. Forget my pick. Okay, I'm always rooting for my picks. But even just that aside, I wanted to see this series tied up. I really wanted to see this series go seven. Before this series started, I put some money down on the Braves to win in seven. That was like plus 550, I think. I got to check. But um, maybe there's still an opportunity for that to happen. So it is for your picks. Yeah, it's for my picks. You're right. It's completely for my picks. <laughs> Not for my picks. Uh, yeah, bro, it's it's clearly for your picks. <laughs> 609-601-3290. We have John McMullen joining us in about 11 minutes. Uh, last night, John and I, I think we had a good conversation. We talked a lot about Carson Wentz, uh, State of the Union type of conversation, a little bit of Howie Roseman, Travis Fogum, um, Jordan Mailata. He's a left tackle now moving forward. The guy's still getting used to putting on a helmet and shoulder pads. Crazy. And a great story. He's been somewhat of a fan favorite. He hasn't seen the field. So Philly fans love the guys that aren't on the field because they they can't criticize him. (laughs) Criticize him. It's like, oh, put him in. Put him in. We love that guy. Yeah, in about a week, we're going to be asking for Mylotta's head. Um, but I'm pulling for him. And for a guy that's still getting used to playing the game of football, I think he's done a pretty good job. So maybe I'll talk a little bit about that with John McMullen coming up here in about 10 minutes from now. Um, I'm going to give you some of my games to watch right now, and then maybe we can get into some of the spread and odds uh, and totals, Dylan. So I jotted down earlier my best games of the week, just to watch, all right? I'm not talking about betting. I'm not talking about opportunity, underdog, blah, throw that all out. Just talking about entertainment value. And you gave me some, some games. You threw them at me, I think, Tuesday night early in the week. And I was like, this is a tough week for betters. Um, and I think that's because there's a lot of good games on the tube just to watch as a fan, right? Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. But, um, I agree. If you're just a fan of the game and you're not putting any money on them, it's still going to be a good week six. Yeah. In football. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and we're always putting money on everything we do here, so don't get it twisted. But here's some games that I think are must-see. And one or two may surprise you a little bit. Uh, so first, Bears and Panthers. The Panthers have been a surprise. That, that That's a team that I thought was going to be a four or five win team this year. I, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. Um like his story, 
He's the starter down there. He's been the starter. He's able to extend plays. He's still athletic. He can run and get the first down, and he seems to have full command of that offense right now. So that's that's a game that intrigues me. Um, that's a 1 p.m. start, and right now you have the Panthers favored by 2.5 points. The total set at 44, and that's 1, uh, 1 p.m. on Fox. And I'll just get your pick right now, Dylan, or you can just talk about the game, what you know of it uh, at this moment, Thursday night. Who do you like? I kind of like Chicago. Kind of like Chicago. I, I need I need more from I you. I like Chicago. Okay, there okay? we go. Good. There it is. There it is. You got it out of me. <laughs> I got it out. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves, as I like to call him, has looked good. Um, I think it was surprising once McCaffrey went down. I think a lot of people kind of... You know, wrote them off. Yeah, people being myself. Right. No, um, I mean it's it's understandable. But Mike Davis has stepped in and looked really good. Mm-hmm. Picked him up on your fantasy team. Good for you. Did you? No. Nope. Neither did I. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I just think Chicago's defense hasn't been dominant this year. Yeah. But they have the pass rush and, and um and the linebackers to get after uh, Teddy and disrupt them. Um, what's Carolina's weapons? They have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I missing anyone? No, I mean that's really it. Yeah. So DJ Moore has been really solid. I could see this kind of being a game where Nick, kind of similar to last Thursday, where the defense holds Carolina to like around twenty-ish. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles just has to get on the board a couple times, and I, I see it being low scoring. I would. I don't know what is the under. It's 44. 44 Okay, you have it at 44 and a half. I might go under. Yeah? I mean, listen, the Bears won um, last week against Tampa Bay 20 to 19. And if the Bears are going to continue to have success, I don't know if the Bears are overrated or underrated. You know, I'm still. I don't know where people rate them. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a few. I I feel like they're not getting respect, even from myself. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because I just Nick Foles, I think is overrated, and I love Nick. I talk about this all the time. It's like I'm beating a dead horse with my Nick Foles talk, but love the guy. I just think he's overrated, and they're they're a team that's four and one, one of the best records in the entire NFL. Yet they had a, a quarterback controversy. Yet they had to sit their starting quarterback for Nick Foles, who I just don't think can sustain success more than four to six weeks out of an entire NFL football season. But if they rely on the run game, if they rely on the defense, and Nick can just manage the game like he does, not make mistakes, they can be a playoff team with this extended playoffs, and they're already off to this 4-1 and one record. So, And on the other side, Carolina's 3-2. and two. They're a surprise. I don't know if they're – no one's overrating them, but I think they're getting overlooked. Yeah, Carolina's getting overlooked. Um, the Nick Foles thing is always a great time to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kidding, mm-hmm. but I I um I don't know your opinion on it, but I think this Trubisky start at the beginning of the season was a PR move, and then once Nagy, I think he was done. So you're saying games. they never they never really believed in in Trubisky? At least Matt Nagy. Yeah, I think Nick Foles was Matt Nagy's guy. It was a weird off season where. With no preseason, Nick Foles didn't get accustomed to the offense right away. And obviously we know that the Bears traded up and invested a lot in Mitchell Trubisky. Right. And they were 2-0 and when he when he took him out. So I, 
what like I I think that kind of proves my point a little bit more. You know, no, it's a good point. It's not like they were zero and two, and Matt Nagy was like, okay, now I can yeah. now I have an excuse. Yeah. To he bench him, they the were two first, and zero. He took the first opportunity of Trubisky <laughs> right. not playing well, right? And said, "Okay, Nick, here you go." Yeah, you know, it's a first, a poor first half, and he was benched just like that. And then Nick brings him back against the Atlanta Falcons. If you all remember that game, um, I, I don't know what to think of them really either. See, your reasoning for them, I gave that same reasoning with Dwayne Haskins and the Washington Football Team. And how about that that whole situation right now? I mean, Haskins unfollowed everyone on social media. He hasn't been showing up to practice from what I've read. What the heck happened there? I mean, fine, Ron Rivera. Dwayne may not be your guy. He's still a a top first-round pick. He's still a guy that has talent, and it seems like that organization has completely botched that situation. Crazy. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't do that. Like, that's a young player. I guess getting frustrated, like you can't just not show up for work. No, I agree. Because you lost, yeah. you lost your job for a week, right? And especially with the way that we saw Kyle Allen. I mean, I know he got hurt, but he wasn't producing, and he was getting beat up. And then Alex Smith came in, and he, obviously, I don't think anyone really expected him to do much, but he mm-hmm. didn't produce. So you could literally win your job back in a right week back. Or two. Yeah. So not showing up, unfollowing people, it's childish in my it's opinion. Petty. Not yeah. that not you're right. Ron Rivera didn't handle the situation perfectly from the start. Yeah. But Dwayne Haskins isn't helping his case to be a franchise quarterback right now. No, not at all. Um when a team makes a quarterback change this early into the season, I think Dylan, you make a great point. Dude, you can get right back in there because clearly this head coach and organization doesn't believe in any of you. So, suck it up. And go prove yourself because you're most likely going to get another opportunity. And handling it like this certainly ain't the answer. So what are they going to do with Dwayne Haskins moving forward? Um, that's a question that will be asked throughout the entire season, and that's a long way away before we get that answer. But plenty of storylines here in October. Got to take one more break before we're commercial free all the way up to 11 p.m. On the other side, NFL Eagles insider Johnny Mack, John McMullen, will join me for his nightly appearance. Texans, Titans, Ravens, Eagles, Packers, Bears, Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Steelers, Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, my. Plenty more to get into right here on The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells Sports bets. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards. Yet his approach to law is rather simple to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates. South Jersey's best. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help. 
that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. DelVal Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Muehlbrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money, and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to GEICO or going direct to Progressive. We do not charge a fee. Let DelVal Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Muehlbrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. What would you do with an extra $284,783 in retirement? Sure, it sounds too good to be true, but that's how much you can save in taxes during your retirement with your IRA and 401k, thanks to the defensive tax planning strategies from Thrive Financial Services. Of course, everyone's situation is different, but if you have an IRA or 401k, learn how much money you can save with a free IRA and 401k analysis. This free analysis can be done over the phone or video conference. Call to schedule your free analysis now at 215 215- 987-2450. Remember, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Call David and Karen Bazaar and Brett Elam of Thrive Financial Services to get your free IRA and 401k analysis. Call 215-987-2450. That's 215-987-2450 for Thrive Financial Services. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Welcome back, everyone, to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. That's me, live in the PropSwap studios on a Thursday, and no Thursday night football, but always your football fix. And it's 1030. So you know what that means. It's game time. NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen, and more importantly, my good friend. John, how are you tonight? Doing well. I'm kind of enjoying no Thursday night football. Can I say that? Um, how big fan dare of Thursday you? night. Oh, come on, John. Are you one of those people? Because I've been bashing the, those people for weeks. Yeah, I know. I know. I, the... The preparation time, I think if you look at the entire history of Thursday Night Football, I mean, it, it's just, it, football's a game where you need a week to prepare. 
Why I don't like Thursday games. I, I, I'm with you from that standpoint. I mean, selfishly, I just like football. I, I want it all the time. Um, but well, yeah, there's nothing else. <laughs> you know, we had a Tuesday night game, and I, you know, it was nice to have a Tuesday night game. But I'm just saying, if you play on a Sunday in a typical year, forget about COVID-19 world, but if you play on a Sunday and then you got to play on a Thursday, nobody even practices. I mean, you got, it's, it's just, there's barely any preparation and, and you've seen so many bad football games on Thursday night. I, I get it from a standpoint of you even would rather watch bad football than good anything else, which I think is where everybody is in the sports world at this stage, but yeah. I don't know. Get baseball, get basketball a chance. <laughs> no, I'm with you, but I, just why can't they schedule it where that doesn't happen? So play Thursday off your bye week or, or schedule it where you don't have three days of preparation. I don't know. Maybe that's easier said than done. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I mean they did – they have – tweak it to where you know you essentially uh get that it's not a full buy but obviously you get a little extra preparation time and everybody's got to do it once um but i yeah i i mean obviously it's just a money grab so from that standpoint and now by the way that they've done tuesday night football which they've done in the past obviously the famous joe webb game uh, here in Philadelphia, where the Eagles were, were were forced to a Tuesday because of a blizzard, um, that 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 was the first game since that game, and I think you know what, uh, I think if the TV networks ante up, they'll they'll do that too. I mean, if they get paid, they'll do it. They'll figure out a way. There's going to end up being NFL football every night of the week, and maybe except for Friday. Yeah, that's going to have the schedule makers pulling their hair out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, I mean, if it was easier to prepare uh, and it wasn't so, so difficult on, on the body, I think it would be a lot easier to do these things. But yeah, it's not. I mean, you can only play football once a week, and that means you got to figure out a way uh, how to make it all work. And, Look, I, I'm not saying Thursday football is going away. It never is. It, it, but, uh, I mean, it's it, the product itself is just not aesthetic. It's just not as good. But you could argue the entire NFL is not as good as it once was because of the lack of preparation if you go all the way back mm-hmm. to training camp and the fact that they've scaled that back. So you can make all those arguments. Yeah, no, that's a point I was going to make, but you hit the nail on the head, John. So let's get to some NFL headlines here uh, from today and new items. We have the Atlanta Falcons facility shut down. We have, correct me if I'm wrong here, but a new policy that requires all players and team staff members to quarantine, even if their recent COVID test was negative. If they feel sick, you have to go into quarantine. So that could cause players to miss practices and games. Uh, and then the third item is Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs. Yeah, I think, well, the COVID stuff first, I think they're concerned, uh, and you've seen it this week with the Eagles injury report, which is, 
you know, the past couple of weeks, it's been like a, a, a Rite Aid uh, receipt. <laughs> it's just so long. Uh, and a lot of it is illness. And people keep saying, and we've explained it on the show in the past, what, what the heck is going on? Why is everybody so sick? And it's not, I mean, I, I, I can't even tell you how many players have practiced over the years and how many players have played over the years with flu-like symptoms and just power through it, now you can't do that. So if you report that you have a bit of a scratchy throat, if you report that your nose is running, they're going to keep you away from the facility. Uh, and, and, you know, the NFL admitted this week that there's going to be guys missing games because of that issue, especially as flu season starts to kick into high gear um and it hits this season has was always going to be we said it a hundred times we'll say it a hundred more it's always going to be about adaptability it's always going to be about adjusting it's always going to be about perseverance and that's one of the things I'm, i'm most surprised the eagles have failed to this point um you talked about atlanta uh shutting down their facility uh, they're still scheduled to play on Sunday, uh, and and they're playing the Vikings, another team that in the past was forced to close down their facility. Ironically, that was the week, the only game they won. So who knows? Atlanta hasn't won yet. Maybe they'll win. Um, but that's what it's going to be around the league, and it might not be whole teams, but it might be, you know, five, ten players potentially certainly missing practice and then you start talking about missing games that's just the way it's going to be and for Le'Veon I'm just glad that from that aspect I'm just glad we can stop talking about it for the Eagles I said there was no (laughs) chance there but I will guarantee one thing Andy Reid will find a way Mm -hmm. to use Le'Veon Bell better than Adam Gase. I guarantee that. You're going out on a limb with that one. The (laughs) water is wet and the sky is blue. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Uh, The rich get richer. I I don't know if he's got anything left, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think he made the best decision in the world to sit out a year. I don't think that's ever good uh, for a NFL player, especially at a, a skill position, uh, I think it really hurts you. Uh, he's never been the same. So you kind of ask yourself, is he not the same player he was in Pittsburgh, or did he just make a horrible decision uh, to go to the New York Jets? And you could certainly see either side of that. If he turns into Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, whew, look out. That ain't happening. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but you know, the rich get richer if mm-hmm. he's even three quarters of that. Yeah, no, it's true. And if anyone can do it, it's Andy Reid and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, just lining up behind Patrick Mahomes makes you better. It will make me look better if I put pads and a helmet on, and that's hard to do. Um, John, I have another Le'Veon Bell-esque situation that can replace Bell. Are you ready? Maybe you can guess Shoot. it. Can you guess it? I cannot, but okay. in my defense, I'm very tired. 
so I could be missing something obvious. No, I mean, I didn't really give you much to work with. So <laughs> Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green, he was caught on TV saying that he could be traded if the team didn't use him effectively. I'm just kind of catching up with this story. Um, but then he came out later today and said he doesn't want to be traded, but he also was caught saying he does want to be traded, and he's frustrated with how he's been used. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that would be – you're right. I mean, look, people are going – any name they've heard of, people want in this town. We know that. I, I mean, that's just the way it is. And everybody heard of A.J. Green. And if you're talking about A.J. Green in, at, at his height, that was a top five receiver in football. Uh, that would be exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles needed. He's not that. And I often use that word stasis. Everybody thinks star players – are forever in a stasis. No, he's not even close to what he once was. Uh, he's an aging player on top of it. The Eagles need to get younger. Uh, they need to get less expensive, if anything, with the COVID-19 hit coming to the salary cap next season. So I give you the same proactive no, no, no. All right. Well, moving on from A.J. Green, and I'm with you, by the way. I just thought that story was interesting and good timing right after talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell. I want to talk a little bit more, and we've been talking a lot about this, so sorry, not sorry, John. Um, Zach Ertz, and you didn't write this story, but I know you're heavily involved in Sports Illustrated, especially with Ed, um, unraveling the mystery of Zach Ertz and his diminishing impact. And Zach talked a little bit more today, I believe. So how much worse can this get with Zach, or is this going to turn the corner quick because he's too talented, right? Uh, yeah, he is too talented. I, I mean, he is a, a great, I would dare say at this point, an all-time great pass-receiving tight end. Um, certainly not the best blocker in the world, never is going to be. Uh, but, you know, it's been a weird downturn as far as his production as a receiver goes. Part of it is, uh, and, and Doug has kind of explained, you know, he's the guy on the Eagles now when you don't have Deshaun Jackson out there, when you don't have Alshon Jeffrey out there, which is basically all the time now. Um, who do you double team? Well, you double team Zach Ertz. But that's happened to him a lot in the past, and he still found a way to produce. So then you start asking yourself, and that's what, Ed was kind of right about it. So what the heck is going on? And we talked a lot on this show, not happy. And this contract situation is affecting him. He, he says he puts it to the side. He reiterated that today. But, <laughs> you know, actions speak louder than words. People have talked about his body language not being the same. I agree with that, by the way. Me too. You have enough, uh, a large enough sample size to know what Zach Ertz is uh, when he's right and to see what he looks like now, I, you just said you agree. I, I, I think most people, if they're being honest, will say the body language is not great. And I, I, I keep pointing to that playoff game against Seattle. He played with a broken rib. He played with a lacerated kidney. And he feels disrespected because of the way Howie Roseman has handled his contract negotiations, whether it's extension, whether it's guaranteeing the money left on his contract, he thought something should have been done. It hasn't been done. He's upset. 
All right, so let's get to an article you did write about. <laughs> um, phillyvoice.com. John writes for phillyvoice.com as well as Sports Illustrated at si.com. And today, an excellent piece by McMullen. And it's titled, Who's to Blame for Your Eagles Angst? Schwartz, Peterson, or Roseman? John, please discuss. <laughs> well, it depends on the week. It depends if you're upset with the <laughs> offense, the defense, the personnel. So it's sort of like a roadmap. Depending on what your angst is, who to point the finger of blame at. Because, you know, people love blaming people uh, for lack of success. And one of the things, uh, the most obvious reason is, okay, the talent's not great. So who's in charge of the personnel? And that's Howie Roseman. I, I think it's interesting in Philadelphia because, and I think this dates back to Andy Reid, and even Chip Kelly, because at times the head coach here has had significant personnel power. And at times the head coach has been in charge of the roster altogether, both Andy Reid and Chip Kelly. So you, you've always heard this, and you've heard this, Ryan, numerous times. People go, uh, is that a Howie pick? Was that an Andy pick? Was that a Joe Banner pick back in the day? Now it's was that a Howie pick? Was that a Joe Douglas pick? <laughs> I mean, the part that I, 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 for some reason, people can't understand, and I don't know why it's so difficult to understand. It's now in Philadelphia, it's a traditional GM head coach setup. And what that means is the GM is in charge of the personnel on the roster, and he hands that to the coaching staff. However, that doesn't mean other people aren't involved. Every GM in this league has a staff, uh, a personnel department. They have the coaching staff. And the smart GMs want to get players that fit what the coach wants to do schematically. So everybody's involved. However, if you're the GM in charge of personnel, the buck stops with you. So every pick the Eagles make since the shift back to Howie Roseman is on Howie Roseman. It's not a Joe Douglas pick. It's not Doug Peterson. It's not Jim Swartz. It's Howie Roseman. And that's how it is. I mean, if you're in charge, you get, you get, you get lauded if it goes correctly and you get the blame if it goes wrong. So I don't know why people have such difficulty Figuring that part of it out. Now, if you're worried about the scheme offensively, that's Doug Peterson. If you're worried about the scheme defensively, that's Jim Swartz. So if you're looking to, to blame people, at least point the finger in the obvious direction. Yeah, but that's – all right. So you're right, and I agree with you, but I'm just trying to filter through. One, my immediate thought is – has it always worked like this with Howie, Doug, and even Jim Schwartz? Just the amount of communication and impact they all have collectively in building this roster. Because why has it felt like, John, that it's gotten really worse here in the past couple years? Has it just been because it's taken a while to come to fruition, the poor quality? Or, like, why does it feel worse in recent years than it has even in the early Howie years the second time around? Well, I, I think the best comparison would be the Phillies with, 
with Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, that group, uh, they stayed with the stars too long. They got old, they got expensive, and they started to get injured because they were old, and all of a sudden you have these issues. And Howie admitted uh, after last season, he admitted, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, they thought the championship window was still open. So they went all in from 27 to 2019, and they let that core get too old, and they didn't make some difficult decisions, and they said they were going to turn the page. They kind of did early, and then I think COVID, and I, I'm not going to say pump the brakes, but at least slowed things down. Uh, and they're sort of trying to serve two masters now. They're trying to get a little bit younger, but they're trying to stay a contender. And I think when you do that, it becomes more difficult. Nobody in Philadelphia wants to hear the term rebuild. And, I, you know, I said this yesterday on the show. In the NFL, you don't have to rebuild. You really don't. Uh, if you make good decisions in, in a particular offseason, you sign maybe a, a couple solid free agents. And if you have 10 picks like the Eagles did, you get five contributors. You, you can be a good football team, even if you're coming off, say, a five, six win season. This is not the NBA where you got to wait, uh, for a top five pick. Um, it, it, you can turn things around very quickly in this league if you make the right decisions. And that's why I think Howie Roseman deserves the most criticism, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday as well, if you're looking, if, if, you're, if you're grading on 2020 and saying, okay, the Eagles have a chance to be a playoff team, they have a chance to win the NFCs, and who knows from there, and you're picking a second-round pick that's not going to play, a um, handful of plays a game, and your third-round pick's not going to play at all because he's not ready to play, what the heck are you doing? Now, maybe if you fast-forward to 2023 and Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback and Davion Taylor turns into a star, we look at this differently. Short-term, those two picks are disasters. Short-term. All you can do now is hope long-term it, it, it works out. John, you wrote another great article on Sports Illustrated at SI.com, and this is interesting. I remember this. Uh, after reading it, but it wasn't at the forefront of any of my thoughts or on my mind here this week. So Lamar Jackson and Greg Ward. And the title of this article is with Lamar Jackson on deck, Greg Ward ponders on what might have been. So back in 2016, Greg Ward was the star quarterback at the University of Houston, and they were playing Louisville, number five in the country at the time. And Greg Ward outdueled Lamar Jackson, winning 36-10. to 10. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't remember for whatever reason, maybe because it was Houston. Greg was a heck of a quarterback in college, um, and, and he was a dual-threat quarterback. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not comparing him to Lamar Jackson. You know, people read the headline, and, and they think about things that way. I mean, Lamar Jackson is has a, a level of athleticism that is just off the charts. Probably if you think about it, only Michael Vick, maybe maybe his backup now, now RG3 before the injury, uh, 
those those are the only two players I could even think of that could be in the conversation uh, from an athleticism standpoint. But I, I think the the larger point was I think if if Lamar came before Greg Ward um, and turned into the star that he's become, I think he's changing the NFL and the way the NFL thinks. And you know, it's interesting talking to Greg a lot over the years. He knew at Houston if he was going to go to the NFL, he was going to go as a wide receiver. He knew it as a star quarterback. And he told me every day after practice he would stay and run routes just with the mentality of, of trying to get to the NFL and and trying to sharpen and get a head start on the transition to receiver. So the thought process being if Lamar came first and he, and, and he changed and he shifted the NFL's thinking, do 5'11 dual-threat quarterbacks be given more of a look? And you've already seen it with Kyler Murray. He's undersized. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, as I said, Greg was a heck of a quarterback in college. Look at the numbers. Uh, he, he was tremendous. And I, I think if, he, if, if the timing was right, he might have been given an opportunity and saying somebody would have brought him in as a potential third-string quarterback. And who knows, if you get an opportunity down the line, and that's what it was about. He, wasn't, he was never going to be a first-round pick. Uh, he doesn't have that type of athleticism. But I think because of Lamar Jackson and others, but mainly Lamar, people look at the – he's the template for the modern NFL quarter, quarterback. And I think it will open the doors for a lot of dual-threat quarterbacks as we move forward. I don't think people realize, John. You know, I, I had the opportunity – to go down to the Super Bowl for Radio Row for um, an old show. And um, Lamar Jackson walked right by me at Radio Row. And I was like, this dude is tiny. I mean, it, it's like it's like seeing Allen Iverson in person for the first time. Like when he was at his prime, you're like, holy bleep. Like you don't realize how short he is when you watch him on TV. Now, yeah, and, and, and he's probably got two inches on Greg, so that tells you how small Greg is. So they were never going to look at him as a quarterback, Greg Ward. But even if you go back to Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, was picking, was chosen number 32 overall, uh, when, remember, the Eagles had that pick and traded out. <laughs> I'm surprised more people don't bring that up. But obviously they were coming off a Super Bowl, so they weren't thinking about taking Lamar Jackson. But how it's turned out, I'm surprised more people don't bring that up. Um, but you remember leading up to that draft, Ryan, there were there were still people saying, well, Lamar should run routes at the combine. Yep. A few teams said that. And yeah, he's like, I'm a quarterback. I'm staying a quarterback. And uh, there were a lot of question marks. This was not the number one overall pick. This was not a top five pick, not even a top ten pick. This was number 32 overall. And I remember that was a year I picked him. I said the entire process, he's going to get picked at number 32. The Eagles are going to trade out. Not because I'm a genius, but because if you have that first-round pick, you have the extra year. So more often than not, when there's a quarterback that's sort of fringing between the first and the second round, you want him with that 32 
that 30-second pick in case if he does hit. That happened years before with Teddy Bridgewater. He was taking 32. Uh, you have that extra option here, that fifth-year option. Um, and that's where Lamar was going to go, and sure enough, that's where Lamar went. went. Uh, but there were so many questions about him. And now you fast-forward. Guys, tw- I think 23-4 and four is the starting quarterback. Now that's the regular season. He certainly had his troubles in the playoffs. But he is changing this game. And he is so difficult to deal with. As I said, he is opening the door. I don't think if Lamar Jackson doesn't exist, I, I don't think even Kyler Murray's the number one pick. I don't. I, I think he's later. In the, in the, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a high pick. He certainly would have been. But he yeah. wouldn't have been number one. No, it's 